Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. I thank you so much for joining us here on the program. I thank you every single time that we get together here on this program. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and Wednesdays for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story at 9 a.m. That's Wednesday mornings, and we hope that you will join us for all four editions. If you're not able to, and I find it hard to believe that you couldn't, but hey, some people's schedules just wouldn't accommodate those four. We have podcasts. They're on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, and many other locations that um, you folks are reposting our interviews to, and thank you for doing that. I, I'm a one-man band, okay? I don't have an entourage, <laughs> or a staff, or assistants, or anything of that nature. So everything that gets done is done by me, which means that if it's not done the way most people do it, it's because I don't know any other way to do it and haven't learned the new way, and I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Also, YouTube. Yes, you can watch these videos, and we hope that you will go to YouTube and subscribe. So I'm going to give you the quick stats. On YouTube, we have 31 subscribers. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it's 31 more than I had when, before I started, okay? And as of this specific broadcast, podcast, videocast, the stats on SoundCloud, and this is from all of the different podcast sources, we have over, and this is in three and a half, three and a half, th three years and seven months, 40,000 listens, 40,000 listens, thank you. Thank you for listening, telling your friends, subscribing, being notified that the new uh, interviews are up there. Hey, um, I say this almost every time I give the stats. I don't know what those numbers mean. All I know is, hey, it's, it's great that you folks are listening. I also hope that when you are listening and you like what we are doing, it resonates with you. I hope that you will take some time to consider supporting this broadcast, podcast, videocast in a financial way, because there are some expenses like the SoundCloud and, and other things that we uh, use. And uh, so if you can help us out financially, we would greatly appreciate that. That's why we have a PayPal account for your security as well as ours. And if you want to send money uh, to us, any amount is welcome and gratefully appreciated. Just send it to richard at richarddugan.com through PayPal, okay? Or you can go to the link that's on the homepage or missions page of, uh, our, um, of our website, richarddugan.com. And finally, as we uh, bring this little segment of the program to a close, so to speak, we hope that you will take the time during this, the decade of perfect vision, the 2020s, to... Stop and listen to that still, small voice. Find a place where you can be at peace, be calm, be relaxed, and just allow yourself to sort of rejuvenate, re-energize, and refocus your awareness, your, your consciousness, your attention. We hope that you will do that. All right. Today's program, I think you're going to really enjoy. I know I am. Uh, this is a guest who I found through a new source uh, that uh, I subscribe to now uh, that allows me to either A, be a guest on many of their programs, and I will be a guest on her program uh, sometime in the not-too-distant future, but also who uh, are going to be guests on this program, and she is today. 
And we are so uh, happy to have her with us. She actually goes by, and if I can, uh, if I can bring this up very quickly here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, she goes by the Black Sheep Christian, and her name is uh, Ashley Rutledge. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. And uh, where are you joining us from? I'm from Dayton, Ohio. Thanks Day- for having me. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first question that I have for you, and it has to do with the name of your podcast, Black Sheep Christian. Uh, first of all, where does that name come from for you? Yeah, great question. Um, that that comes from my past. <laughs> I've always, uh, let's just say... Uh, went on a different path than the other sheeps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, God had to rain me in a few times, you know. Oh, I know the feeling. <laughs> I know the feeling. Uh, so, but, but this has nothing to do with the fact that you are a black woman. No, it, it, it does not. More from a, um, shall we say, an emotional, uh, philosophical perspective as you were growing up. No, 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 it does. Well, well, yeah, kind of, sort of, but mm-hmm. it, 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 it really is for everyone who feels that, or anyone who feels that they are different from the norm, because mm. that's what black sheep means. You yeah. are different from the norm. So I felt I was different from the norm in my family, in my community, in some former capacity, mm-hmm. and um. As I grew older, it's kind of like, um, I'm not the only one who yeah. feels different from the norm. It's funny, too, because um, uh, at the age of 33, uh, my family was at a family reunion um, in Florence, Arizona, 60 miles south of Phoenix, where I uh, was born and raised in Phoenix. And uh, my brother and I went for a walk out in the desert, uh, and we got to talking. And... We never knew this about each other, but we both felt independently that we were the black sheep of the family. He thought he was, and of course, I, have all, I always thought that I was. And at that point, I think we finally realized, oh, I guess we're not. <laughs> because a black sheep is usually solo, because if there are two of you who yes. think you are, well, now you're no longer the black sheep because now you have a group of two. <laughs> and of course, you know what he said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, a black sheep. <laughs> now, you are also a born again Christian. Yes, yes, I am. Obviously, the black sheep Christian. So f- just taking that name, it, it implies to me and maybe to our listeners, and I'll have you explain that you do not conform to adhere to. Uh, lean toward the traditional, orthodox, traditional uh, doctrine and dogma of, and I'm going to use the broad term Christendom, whether it be a Catholic or Protestant or otherwise, you just, you don't fall into that box. Correct. Correct. I don't. I'm not a member of any church. Um, I, I was baptized at a church and they consider that a membership, but mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a member of any church. I church topped. 
um, quite a bit in my twenties, um, to the point where it concerned my dad, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why, why are you going to all these different churches? Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I do not. Um, I, I remember I interviewed, um, someone, Dr. Denise, and she said it best that she was a Jesus follower. Oh. And I said, Ooh, I said, I like that. And the reason why I don't align with a particular church is because, as I'm going through this journey, I'm learning that what the quote unquote as a whole, the mm-hmm. church as a whole, because mm-hmm. uh, it's not all churches, right. but um, just to let you know, um, but there are churches out there that um, are very rules based. Um, some um, who say that they're open, quote unquote, come as you are, quote unquote, mm-hmm. once you get yourself settled in it's it it it, it kind of comes clicky yeah yeah um and it, you you just feel like you're not you're serving a business not a church because there are churches out there especially those mega churches oh yeah that that are very business based i i feel like the further i go down the rabbit hole the more <laughs> <laughs> more i'm like is, is this God's house or is this your house? Yes, very good. Very good. Now, I will throw another twist to you. You say, uh, you, you use that line of, of one of your guests, a Jesus follower. Hmm. Okay. Well, now, I have done a little processing of my own. Okay. Now, first of all, I consider myself a metaphysician. Okay. Second of all, I also adhere to one of the tenets, or I should say one of the quotes, of the founder of the Baha'i faith, Baha'u'llah. And I was actually a Baha'i for about a year and a half back in the 90s. And the quote is this. If you reject one of the messengers of God, you reject them all. If you accept one of the messengers of God, you accept them all. And now for the third point. Jesus was a Jew. Jesus never converted to Christianity. Jesus never said, follow me, the personality. And so, if I was going to be a true follower of Jesus, I would be a Jew. Right? (laughs) Think about it. Think about it. Right? And one more, and this is a feather in your cap as a woman. The first person to recognize who Jesus was following his resurrection was whom? Two women. Thank you very much. And that's interesting in itself because women weren't considered as They were property or less than. Right, right, Mm -hmm. right. right. Mm -hmm. So the fact that scripture even says two women, Mm -hmm. it, it, it almost implied that it was supposed to give each other some weight, yeah. you know, now think more about than it. one person saw. Now think yeah. about it. The patriarchy at that time and even following when they were compiling the book we know of as the Bible today, they made a tactical error in the text because they left that in. See, Peter shouldn't, and this is just an observation on my part, Oh, Peter should never have been made the first uh, shall we say, uh, 
founder, so to speak, or the first person to run the church. Air quotes, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not watching YouTube. <laughs> These two women should have been, Mary Magdalene in particular. Oh. And now here's what's interesting. This is what I love about, because uh, I, I kind of put it in my own term, my own uh, verbiage. Mary Magdalene sees him, recognizes who he is from the get-go. And guess what she does? The first thing she does is she wants to reach out and touch him. And I put it this way. He says, up, 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 up. No, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. The paint's not dry yet. Don't touch. <laughs> okay. It's not dry <laughs> yet. I've it. just been re, I was, I was Simonized. So hold off. But she recognized who he was from the get-go. Whereas when he came upon the apostles, they're going, hey, man, can you tell us where the nearest pub is? We, we need to knock back a blow for our dear friend who just died. They didn't have a clue as to who he was. Mm. Not right then. No, not right then. So I, instead of being a Catholic, born and raised, okay, I'm no longer practicing. I got it right and have moved on. <laughs> uh, but quite honestly, that's just my observation, my perspective that a true follower would be Jewish, would not be a Christian. And considering the fact that the word Christian was a derogatory comment created by the Romans, it Ooh, was almost something now. almost profanity. Yeah, do. Ooh. Yeah. I didn't know that. I yeah. learned something new. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I understand from what history I have read. I just find that real interesting. Let me ask you about your upbringing. Uh, now, obviously, born and raised as a Christian, you've, you've, as you use the term, church hopped. But before you started hopping churches, okay, um, what, was, what were the major fundamental underpinnings of your upbringing by your family, by your parents? Yeah, a beautiful, great question. So um, my parents are conservative. Um, they've been married for over 30 years. Um, met when they were 18, 19 and when, um, in the military mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, my dad worked, my mom stayed home when me and my brother were young. So our household was very traditional. It was a very traditional household. Mm. And, and in terms of the denomination, was there Protestant, Catholic, uh, Baptist, Baptist. Okay. Yeah. Baptist. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you that, um, I worked for 15 years at a Christian radio station back during the 80s, the decade of the 80s into the 90s to 95, 15 years there. And I have to tell you that the programming that we put on the air, for the most part, especially on the weekends, I grew to absolutely love. And most of it was uh, Southern Baptist, Pentecostal. It was a lot of the black churches in Phoenix. We had broadcast lines going to them where we'd actually carry their church services. And the more that I heard, the more, so to speak, at home I felt. I mean, it was just, uh, it, it was, I mean, it was joyous. It was so exciting, if you will. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. And you know, what, what church hopping allowed me to learn was how different groups praise and worship God, mm -hmm. which is very fascinating. Um, because the black churches, like like the black churches, like what you said, the Pentecostal, the Baptists, mm -hmm. they're more 
their soul is into it, their body and mind. When they oh, are praise man. and worship, it is just it, it, it it's 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 a completely different energy. And and it's so hard to describe unless you're there. Yeah. And that's why one day I will love. I will love to travel to Africa because I've seen the videos and I think they are the epitome of what praise and worship is. Mm-hmm. Like, like everybody just moves at the same time. It's like watching birds fly in the sky and how when they flock together, when they fly together, they just move simultaneously. Yeah. And and that's how like um, African churches are. They just move simultaneously and you just, ah, I just want to be there. So with that said, some of the more conservative, like I wouldn't say conservative, like Catholics, mm-hmm. um, um, some of the white restrained. churches, they're more restrained. <laughs> Yeah, they they just stand. Oh, let yeah, me they you. they just stand. You ever you ever been to a folk mass? You ever no. been to a folk mass? Oh, I've been to quite a few of them when I was growing up. On Saturdays, Saturday evenings, we'd go to folk mass that would that counted for Sunday service because yeah. we had something going on Sunday. Yeah, and it was guitars and maybe a tambourine, that kind of thing. But it was still, it was still, you know, a little restrained. It, it was. Yeah. It was. I remember on Easter, I went to a white church on Easter and Easter, um, the day of the Holy Rollers, um, you know, oh, yeah. people who claim they're Christians, they're rolling, roll out Holy mm-hmm, Rollers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the sanctuary was packed. And so they had seating outside of the sanctuary and um, the band was playing and I was all the way in the back. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So after his service was done, the lead of the band, he, he came and approached me and he was like, we saw you after all those people. I'm all the way in the back. They saw me. Mm. <laughs> you cannot hide sometimes, can you? <laughs> you know, it's not like in school where you I'm going to go sit in the back rows. The teacher never called on me. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and but he appreciated that. Yeah. They, the band appreciated yeah. that. Now, I have had the privilege of, of attending a number of churches over the years, uh, as well as other religious uh, institutions. Um, and um, I, uh, in my first marriage, uh, was married to a woman whose family, her father and his ancestry came from Russia. And they were members of the Byzantine Rite of the Catholic Church. Very, very traditional. Matter of fact, I have a copy, a hard copy, uh, of the liturgy, and the uh, uh, you could videotape the liturgy today, and the liturgy ten years ago. All right, the mass on on the same say holy day, and it would be virtually the same, with the exception maybe of the homily, the the sermon. Uh, that is how traditional. Now that's one of the things that I love about the Catholic Church is the ritual. The ceremony, the traditions. I'm curious about you and 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 the church hopping that you've done, uh, and maybe some of the churches that maybe you said, I'm going to come back next week, and you go back s- uh, several weeks at a time. Well, what about that in terms of not only your experiences, but your thoughts as to the importance of ritual, tradition, and ceremony, especially when it comes to one's personal relationship with God. Mm, that's a that's a wonderful question. That's a great question because 
what what is interesting about rituals and traditions um, is that they what what they're supposed to do is be able to respect God, His house, bring in His energy, spirit, and to be able to worship, praise Him accordingly. Mm-hmm. What tends to happen, and what I've noticed, is that people do it so many times that their heart isn't in it. Because the point, it, it, it's important to respect God, but your heart needs to be in that, 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 that ritual, that, that practice that you're doing. And I say that because I went to a mass and um, there's a point where, you know, the priest, pastor priest, he says something and, and then the audience or mm-hmm. the congregation says something back. You know, he says something, da, 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 and people are like, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. but it was so boring. <laughs> it, it was so lifeless. Yeah, it, it was yeah. so lifeless. Yeah. And and I understood what they were doing. Right. But what's the point if your heart isn't even in it? Mm-hmm. Athlete, uh, Ashley Rutledge is my guest. She is the Black Sheep Christian. She has a podcast. And uh, where can people hear your podcast? Oh, yeah. Great question. Um, Apple, you know, iTunes, Spotify, you know, Stitcher. All the usual places. Yeah, all the usual. (laughs) Yeah, all the usual places. (laughs) Well, we'll be linked to your website, too. You have a website as well, I take it? Yes, I do. Uh, Theblacksheepchristian.org. Oh, so it's nonprofit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that's a journey in itself, too. I mean... I do have a dot com. Okay. But I was so eager to get it up and running. Right. That's where the org came from. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Very good. So blacksheepchristian.org is her website. We hope that you will uh, uh, go to her website and check out uh, what she is doing and uh, listen to some of her podcasts as well. Eventually, uh, you will hear she and I chatting away on her podcast. She'll be asking me the questions. I'll get grilled. <laughs> I I have to tell you that it is a it it, it feels really strange to be on that side, Uh, not asking the questions, but giving the answers, even though the answers, they tend to flow. I've often said uh, that uh, on these programs that uh, the universe asks the questions. I'm just along for the ride. Uh, And it's the same thing I would say probably uh, in the context of uh, giving the answers is that uh, um, I believe uh, uh, wholeheartedly in what we're doing with the program and what we want to accomplish. We want to change the world better for the better for everyone, not just a select few. I think it's possible uh, when I keep when I hear people being pessimistic about the possibilities, um, then I say, well, then what's the point of even living? Why? Mm. Why? Why get an education? All right. Uh, what's the point? Because if there's no possibility for change, then pff, there, there's no point in living. Uh, my book, Choices, uh, that we'll talk about on your program has to do with the fact that we all have choices. I don't care what your situation is. 
you have choices. And there are times when you don't know what choices you have until you stop. And many times it requires you to go within, to listen to that still, small voice. Tell us about your experiences, your inner life, if, if that's uh, appropriate to do so in terms of the guidance that you receive from within. Mm, that's a great, that is a learning experience that I'm still learning. And God speaks to us all the time. And, and what's fascinating is here's a being, I guess you can say, mm -hmm. created the universe, created gravity, how things move. We are supposed to obey him. And yet he communicates to each and every one of us differently based on who we are and who he made us to be. Mm -hmm. For Moses, it was a burning bush to get his attention. I think I would probably need a burning bush. God would probably be whispering <laughs> in my ear and I'm not hearing anything I need to put a burning bush That's good. That's to, good. Get, to get the attention. So I had to learn how God speaks to me. And that is for me is through dreams. And then I'm also learning my, that, that, that gut feeling, my heart, how he um, is communicating to me in a certain way. It, it sounds so far-fetched and weird, but I'm still learning. And then one thing I'm also learning how to do is sit quietly with God, allowing him to, 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 just to, to speak to me, to mm -hmm. um, approach me and to be, I mean, he's my dad. I need to give him time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, here, here, he's here. the father. Yeah. I need to give him time. So I, I, I've learned some hard lessons over the years because he's spoken to me the way I should be spoken to and I've ignored him. But as I get older, I, I know when he's speak. okay, God, I, I, I hear you. Okay. Give me a minute. I may not like what he says, but that doesn't mean <laughs> I do ask him to give me a minute and then I follow. <laughs> well, I will tell you that uh, we also refer to it as listening to one's intuition. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's a, a situation where um, the impressions, if you will, the I, uh, promptings is the word I want to use, the promptings. I was, in a, I was in a personal growth program back in the 80s, and uh, we were asked to take this long white sheet of construction paper. It was kind of narrow, and write down uh, something that, you know, was of, of meaning to us, you know, something. And I wrote down, I will listen to, and I had written that in, uh, in longhand, okay? Cursor, cursive. For those who don't know what that is, Google it. And because uh, I don't teach it much in school anymore, yeah, but do. I wrote that first line in cursive. The next line I wrote, I wrote it all in block cap letters. So the first line was, I will listen to, and the second line was, and follow the promptings of my friend. And that was how I refer to my still small voice as my friend. Okay. And that to me is so crucial. What? And I, I'm going to say this facetiously, not seriously, but what's the point of listening if you're not going to follow? Now, I think a lot of people, and maybe this is where this comes from for you as well, and it has for me, 
we struggle with this because we have this strong belief in free will. Mm. You know, it's like, wait, it's my life. This is my life. I, you know, I should be uh, able to uh, do, do whatever I want, you know, and, and so forth. And uh, so it's, um, you know, it's, it's a challenge for all of us. Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting, um, that's a very interesting um, point to make, which is what we're kind of going through right now as a country, you know, people who are claiming they're, they're doing this for God, but there are hate speech and actions that are not of love, you know, against, you know, the enemy that that's not what Jesus and God spoke about. Mm -hmm. You know, when, um, in particular in scripture with the prostitute, mm-hmm. um, no, she was, she was actively, she was caught in the act, having an affair with another man caught in the act. They mm-hmm. drug her out. They were ready to stone her, which was a very, um, horrible punishment, uh, which was putting her in a, basically in a pit and just throwing these heavy rocks mm-hmm. at them. But anyways, the after which the crowd dissipated, Jesus spoke to her and what he, I'm paraphrasing, it was like, don't take this freedom for granted. Don't, don't take this for granted. Right. There was a, uh, uh, there was a, um, uh, back in the 80s, a Christian comedian, sadly, who was debunked. He claimed to be a former Satanist high priest, and he, that was uh, the big selling point. Uh, his name was Mike Warnke. Turns out he lied. He lied about his past he was never a Satanist high priest and so on and so forth. Yet all of his comedy was based on that. However, there were still some good things that came out of it. And this has to do with what you just spoke of, that particular passage, that story. And uh, he told the story in this context, in this, in this particular way. You know, here are all these people and they're about ready to, they're all picking up rocks and they're going to throw them at this, this girl because uh, she's a prostitute. She was caught in the, caught in the act. And of course, uh, Jesus, you know, he, uh, he's uh, down there and he's doodling in the dirt, you know, just drawing, doodling in the dirt. And finally, you know, he st- stands up, hey, uh, you know, those of you uh, who uh, haven't sinned, you know, uh, uh, if you haven't sinned, you, you, can, you can throw the first rock. And of course, uh, they all kind of look at one another and realize they'd been, uh, they'd been schnookered. And so they all, as he puts it, they all drop their rocks and split. And uh, I heard a great line this morning uh, coming into work um, that was, uh, I think it was by a, a country artist in particular, but it had to do with, you know, uh, put that rock back in your pocket because you live in a glass house, you know. And I think that that's one of the issues that you're sort of, you're alluding to, and it's actually more than alluding to, but nonetheless, that... Uh, we all have our foibles or picadillos, whatever you know, phrase you want to use. Uh, we have our light side and we have our dark side. And, if, and, and that's what makes us who we are. Yes, you've had those dark moments in your life, right? But you can't get rid of them 
Because if you did, that would not make you who you are today. A lot of people want to pull those threads out. They want that they, they and I think that, for example, guilt, okay, uh, is basically trying to do that. You know, feeling guilty over something that you did in your past. And uh, so I'm just curious about you and, and, and your observations about the various facets of who we are. I mean, we were created with all of these various elements. There's a, 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 an Indian story, um, very, very briefly, that has to do with a, a black and a white wolf. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and uh, the, this little boy is asking, uh, uh, in terms of the black and white wolf who are about ready to, to go at each other, who's going to win? He says, it depends upon which one you feed. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Talk to us a little bit about your, your perspective, your observations, etc., on all of this in terms of uh, your personal growth and process of, of living your life and being, uh, and here's an interesting one for you, and being, as it says in the New Testament, being perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that reminds me of um, when I spoke to someone, what they said was, Jesus, after he was raised from the dead, that he still had his scars. He still had his scars. And that was in a metaphor of imperfection, um, that, that Jesus still had his scars once, once he was resurrected. Um, and also when you said the, with the with the wolf, mm-hmm. tell me why I was thinking about the Batman movie with the scene <laughs> with... Um, the, the 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 good Batman movie with um Heath Ledger. Oh yes. In this scene where it's towards the end because they're on the boat, you know, and where there's two ships and it was like deciding who was gonna blow up whom and and Heath Ledger was like this is so old. <laughs> like, Go ahead. It was kind of like it was a monologue like you need me. And I remember that monologue. I was like wow Batman needs a Joker. So that's an interesting one. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I thought about that when you talked about the wolves. But anyways, with, with my journey, um, and I call it a journey because mis- I'm going to make mistakes along the way. I'm gonna, I know I'm going to fall. I mean, scripture says that. We all fall short in the glory of God. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, what all that God cares about is my heart. Is my heart invested in him? Do I love him? Do I serve him? Is my heart in him? Mm -hmm. And that's all that matters. And that's what we really are going to be judged on. Because in the book of Matthew, God is separate because the parable separates sheep from the goats. Mm -hmm. He says um, a few lines, I was hurt, I was hungry, I was da-da-da-da-da. And people were like, well, the sheep's goats, they're like, you know, we didn't know you were hungry and this, that, and the other. And, and, and what that is saying is that God doesn't really need anything because he's perfect. Mm-hmm. But what he is saying is, is 
love. You took care of each other as I asked. You worshiped, praised me um, as I requested. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here you go. Here you go. I hope I answered your question. I feel like uh, my brain is just going elsewhere. But really what it comes down to is I know I'm going to fall. I know I'm not perfect. Um, God took things away from me um, in order for me to be closer to him. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a, another little twist on the whole aspect of being perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect. And I, this is something I pondered back in the 80s, early 90s, when I kept hearing that phrase. And it's like, what the heck does that mean to be perfect, even as your father in heaven is perfect? And I got to thinking, okay, well, God is neither good nor evil, evil, light nor dark. God just is. And in the Old Testament, in Psalms, it says, I am that I am. And that's what came to me. That's what being perfect is. Just be who you are right now, this instant. It has nothing to do with the past. has nothing to do with the future. Your thoughts? You know what? That is one of my favorite Bible verses. That's um, Exodus 3.14. Mm-hmm. That's God coming to Moses. And Moses is like, uh, who is this? And God goes, I am that I am. And I sent me. And I, that's one of my ba- favorite Bible verses. Um, it became one of my favorite when um, Prince of Egypt, Disney movie. I thought that they did a great job <laughs> mm-hmm. as a kid at that time. And that Bible verse resonates with me too, because you know, I listen to you that that's a really interesting point of view. I, at that time, took it as confidence. God doesn't have confidence, but that he knows what he's doing mm-hmm. and he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> he's coming to the right person in the right way in order to speak to them. And here he is about to deliver a message, um, some type of instruction. It was for instruction for Moses. But that, I, I find your um, interpretation of the passage very interesting because I, I took it as confidence mm-hmm. because I, I was not a confident kid at that time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and again, that's the one nice thing about it is that, that every time you read a passage uh, sometimes, it speaks to you differently. It's never going to give you the mm-hmm. same message each time, which is what's so fascinating uh, about many of the other, what I like to refer to as the ancient wisdom teachings. Uh, the Bible is just one of many uh, that I would uh, I put in that category. I'm curious about your observations about some of the other, and this is the term that I use, the other philosophies in the world. Uh, how do you... How do you uh, uh, look at the very unique and divergent and diverse ways of living and believing and practicing one's faith uh, in, in the different philosophies that are out there? Oh, wow. That's an excellent question. And that is something that I am still learning um, because it's just so much and is so in depth. It's, it's just so in-depth about what other religions, philosophies um, are doing. But a lot of it has to do, um, it's coming out or that is out, which is from 
the, the, the ancient times from history. And, and that's another thing to be learning is history in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, why like meditation now, Christianity, more Christians are more welcoming with meditation than years past. Meditation was like, no, those are the ease. Those are the Buddhas. That's blasphemy. No, but now people are welcoming meditation because it's like what I said, sitting quietly in prayer. That's a form of meditation to be able to sit quietly, to be able to rid your mind of of whatever's on your mind, <laughs> what shouldn't be in your mind. <laughs> it could be the stress. It could be, you know, everything yeah. or anything and everything or things that you even shouldn't even be worried about the negativity. Um, yoga. I've done yoga and I enjoyed yoga. I know yoga is a form of a religious practice, but what I like about yoga is is that first of all, I don't have to sweat. Okay? I got a lot of hair on my head. <laughs> I, I don't have to sweat. <laughs> you know, I'm active with my body. You know, I know people have issues with the namaste, what it means. But me as a Christian, I know where my place is with God. Mm-hmm. I know where my place is with him. Okay. So by me practicing yoga, it, I'm not leaving God. I'm actually being more in tune with God because I'm doing something for, it's a quiet time. It's a quiet space. Mm-hmm. What, what the instructor says, I don't have to listen to, you know, I can try and do that movement. But if I'm, if, if my mind and my heart is with God, and sometimes I do prayer as I'm doing my yoga moves, mm-hmm. you know, as long as I'm with God, I'm with God. That's all that matters. But I know yoga is, is, is another is a practice of of another religion that people don't like and mm-hmm. it's just like who cares i like yoga i don't need to sweat and it's considered exercise what <laughs> well uh a saint a catholic saint by the name of teresa of avila said once god is amongst the pots and the pans and i've also heard it said that if you are looking for god you will find him the converse, the, the, the uh, converse, converse is also true. If you spend your time looking for the devil, you will find him under every single rock and behind every tree. I would rather spend my time looking for God amongst the pots and the pans or amongst the yoga positions, downward <laughs> dog and whatever, whatever else is, is there. Okay. I do find it fascinating uh, the the criticism that is heaped upon uh, many of the other non-Christian philosophies, mm-hmm. and be and, and and that criticism comes from most of the time a lack of genuine knowledge of that philosophy, genuine Correct. knowledge. Now, yes, yes, think about this. I said to a Christian once during that period of time, back in the 80s, early 90s, Christi- did you know that Christianity is a metaphysical religion? And they said, oh, no, my God, that's... Da, da, da. I said, do you know the definition of the word metaphysical? No? I don't. I don't. Definition of the word metaphysical is beyond the physical. Beyond the physical. And... 
That's what the definition is, and that's what Christianity is too. Yes, there were words spoken in regards to living in the material world. Render unto Caesar what is Caesar, and unto God what is God's. But there was also, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All right? And so on and so on. It was a mixture. But the point was not to sustain one's life in this material world. That was not the point of the message, as, as I see it. Correct. So correct. Christianity. Scripture does, yeah, yeah, correct. Because Christ- scripture does say, you know, um, I can't even think of the Bible verse, but 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 our treasures in heaven versus yeah, on earth. Exactly. Build up treasures in heaven. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's and 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 I find it so interesting. I can't think of any other any other word to to use here. How unaware, unenlightened, and uneducated most people are of the Christian faith who do not, uh, we, we on this program, we like to define terms. That's why when we first started out, what in the world is a black sheep Christian? Define that for us, please. It's important to do that because when you start to understand the meaning behind the words, then you start to understand the context. For example, and I'm going to throw this out there for you and for our listeners. You, I know you are probably very familiar with a lot of the the, the Bible verses, Old Testament, Leviticus in particular, the 613 law, Jewish laws, okay? And, of course, especially the one that uh, speaks to the prohibition against relationships of the same sex. Now, I was interviewing a rabbi. Now, if you know anything about what it takes to become a rabbi, the study, the education. So, he and I were chatting, and he says, do you know the context under uh, in in which this law was written or established, okay? Now, God wrote the Ten Commandments. I do not believe he wrote the 613 laws. I believe those were written by men. But do you know the reason why that law was established? It was for the purposes of not interfering with the procreative process of man. Now, back then, in the first century and before, I would venture there probably weren't even close to a billion people on the planet. We are now in the 21st century. We have over eight, uh, nearly 8 billion people on this planet. So let me ask you this question. Do you honestly believe that the procreative process has been interfered with by people who have same-sex relationships? I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> no. <laughs> as a matter of as a matter of fact, you know, I I've, I've had this very same conversation, and um, first of all, um, what we need to remember here too is a lot of um, 
what we know today, what we're the church tells us we're supposed to know or how we're supposed to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I am slowly learning that Christianity has always been around, but this is a this is a different version of Christianity in order to promote a lifestyle race what what we're here today because mm-hmm. someone told me and I was like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute I, I, I said I, I don't know why I didn't think of this because with slavery with slaves coming they gave them Christian you know the, mm-hmm. the, the bible and someone was like they were already Christians it was a different version of Christianity then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was like Psh, I should have known that but anyways back to back 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 to um LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I I find this interesting today because I don't even know why they're so concerned about LGBTQ because I know a lot of heterosexual couples, my particular age group, mm-hmm. the millennials, younger, have expressed not having children for financial reasons mm-hmm. i remember miley cyrus said something about climate change oh, yeah. you know that mm-hmm, that was mm-hmm. a moment you know i'm not gonna have kids in this planet you know it's going to ruins yeah and 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 some just simply just don't want you know they're, they're they just they just don't have that instinct talent whatever you want to call it which is perfectly fine but yet we are so hard on focus on the lgbtq community and it's like um we have heterosexual couples who have expressed not having children because of financial reasons, daycare costs. I am a single mom. And by the time my daughter was done with daycare, I spent nearly 60 grand. I said to myself, I just paid for my daughter's college mm-hmm. and her first year. <laughs> 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 So why not have programs that will help families or want to be parents or people who or grandparents who are raising or helping raising their children's, you know, their Mm -hmm. children's children? Why why can't we have programs in order to promote the appropriation, Mm -hmm. whether that is daycare, Mm -hmm. food, housing? It is so amazed. I'm so amazed. There are families who are out there who are, tr- who are struggling, who wants to be able to live in suburbia, but can't live in suburbia because they, they don't have the finances. And all they want to do is to be able, what everybody else wants to do, to be able to live in a clean, quiet, comfortable home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, that's that's what it's all about in that respect, in terms of what we talked about earlier uh, in the program. And I made, made the reference to changing the world for the better mm. for everyone mm. uh, uh, may sound like a utopian dream. So what? Let's dream, you know, because good, real good dreams come true. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I'll I'll tap my heels together and. And, uh, uh, you know, make it and work to, to do my part to help people when, you know, wherever I can. I mean, I, I, I can't 
from a financial standpoint, I can't do a lot, but there are other things that I can do. And hopefully through mm -hmm. this program, we uh, can inspire people through what we talk about, through the energy that goes out from these programs to, to share with other people. Uh, regardless of the fact that we might come from different philosophical perspectives, how about this for a kick in the pants? You know the phrase. <laughs> you know the phrase. As a Christian, and I heard this time and time again over those 15 years, yes, you need to, you know, establish and develop and, and, and so forth your personal relationship with Jesus or God, okay? personal, which means it ain't none of your business what my relationship with God is. It is none of your business whether you think I am saved or not, because it's my relationship, not yours. How have <laughs> you, <laughs> I know you've had to deal with this, how have you dealt with that uh, aspect of your but faith and inner life, when other people come to you, I'm sure they have, and said, you know, Ashley, you're not going down the right road there. You need to, you need to make a change, you know. I don't think you're right with God. Uh, we need to baptize you again, okay? <laughs> We're going to put you down in the water for 10 minutes, okay? No oxygen tank. <laughs> We're going to get you saved. I had, I had people, ministers tell me that at the Christian radio station once. Mm. That I was not saved. I was not ready to meet God. And here's the analogy I used. And it just so happened, it happened around Thanksgiving time. I said, uh, I came in one day and I said, you know, you mentioned the other day that you didn't think I was saved and ready to meet God. And I says, well, I just, I, I just want to share this with you, this analogy, okay? I said, you and I are standing on the edge of a huge body of water, lake, whatever. And um, you have every means at your disposal to save me from, keep me from drowning. Would you? He says, well, of course not, because we're standing right there on the shore. I said, okay, point taken. I said, now I'm out in the water and I'm drowning and I don't want you to save me. And you have every means at your disposal to save me. Will you? I, and he said, yes. I said, so you'd violate my own personal civil rights, human rights of self-determination, uh, and you'd save me. He said, yeah, that's okay, that's fine, point taken. I said, um, uh, okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out to your vehicle, and I want you to start the engine. Then, without turning it off, I want you to start it again. Then I want you to go home. And I want you uh, to tell your wife to go ahead and cook the turkey. And when it's done, I want you to have her cook it again. You'll ruin your car and you will burn the turkey. Do not try to save me. I am already saved. Well, you know and I know that as a minister or pastor uh, uh, with a certain level of arrogance, my analogy was flawed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I just left it at that. I said, you know what? doesn't matter. I don't have to justify myself to him. Again, going back to the whole, it's my relationship with God, not his. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and, 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 but you know what, with that said, that puts the onus on us mm -hmm. in order to have that relationship. 
um, as I said before, you know, God is my father. So if he's my father, he provides, he protects, mm -hmm. you know, it's important for me to have a conversation with him. It's important yes. for me to take the time for mm -hmm. me to talk to him. And I always, at the end of my podcast, I tell people, please read your Bible because, mm -hmm. and, and pastors, priests, they all know this. We are not reading our Bible. We, we don't have time. We, 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 we don't have time. So we like to go and see the sermons, um, these beautiful presentations. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're, they're, they're basically beautiful presentations put together. Um, great acting sound, like, like it's a whole Broadway production <laughs> every mm -hmm. Sunday in order to package a couple of Bible verses into a message. Yeah. So we're missing a lot. We're missing mm -hmm. context. We're missing pretext. Um, because I remember what, when we were talking about a specific Bible verse, mm -hmm. I remember we had to read before mm -hmm. and after, and sometimes the entire chapter mm -hmm. context. In, in order. Yeah. In order to understand that, 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 that single line in mm -hmm. order to understand that single line. Yeah. So we, have become lazy mm -hmm. with our personal relationship with God. Now yeah. our personal relationship is our personal relationship because at the end of the day, God's going to judge us personally right, <laughs> and right. individually. So that is really interesting. I have not gone through that yet. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure that I will. What would you have gone through? I have not gone through that yet. I, mm. I haven't had that. I haven't had that conversation with the pastor mm -hmm. or well, here's yet. Here's one I had with the, the Monsignor of the Byzantine Rite of the Catholic Church, and I was impressed by his answer to my query. Now, based upon historical, uh, um, uh, historical evidence, if you will, uh, crucifixions in Je during Jesus' time prior to and after, the, the, the final indignation was they were stripped naked. Okay, they were wearing nothing, all right? And it was the final humiliation, if you will, as if hanging on a cross wasn't bad enough. And so all of the crucifixes I ever saw in all of the churches and around people's necks, etc., etc., where it was actually a crucifix, not just a cross, Jesus was wearing a loincloth. And I thought, well, doesn't it say that ye shall know the truth and the truth will set you free? So I asked the Monsignor, I said, why is it? And, and by his answer, he acknowledged what I had found. I said, why is it that if, if this is the case and that's the reality, that's the truth of what happened, why don't we show Jesus in that final moment of indignity, of humiliation, etc.? Because that was part of the sacrifice. And his mm. response was, because, I paraphrase, we do not want to upset the sensibilities of the people, which I thought was fascinating uh, from the standpoint again. Uh, well, wait a minute, but what about the truth? What about the truth? You know, we're always talking about, you know, knowing the truth. I have never thought about that. Yeah. I have never thought about that. But, you know, it's interesting because David is the same way. Mm -hmm. Goliath and David. People forget that David took a sword and cut his head off. 
Yeah, but we don't show that. No, we don't. Can't no. show that barbarity, the, the barbarian aspects. No. And, and it was ruthless back then. Yes. It oh, was absolutely. horrible. Yeah, it really was. It really was. So that's always fascinating to me. By the way, um, talking about context, I wrote a book early on in that period of my life. And I interviewed the author of him I, of this book many times. And his name is John Noe, N-O-E, uh, N-O-E. And he wrote a book called The Apocalypse Conspiracy. I found it fascinating. It was the first book uh, of the guests that I had been interviewing at that time. It was the first one I actually read cover to cover. And I'm highlighting and I'm going through it, you know. And, and as I'm reading it and I get to the end of it, I'm going, I got to do this study. I, gotta, I have to research this myself. I've got to put my Bibles, Bibles. I have many different versions thereof. And my Strong's Concordance. And I have to accept that both of these, both of these books are uh, primary source information. Okay. I, there has to come a point where we have to agree on the source material. Okay, so Strong's Concordance, which is pretty authoritative, right? Uh, pretty authentic, because it's defining the words from the original languages. And he had this one passage that he looked up, and this was part of where, when you talk about uh, the Christian faith, it is an internal process. Mm. There is what is called a rapture passage. They will be caught up to meet him in the air in the clouds of glory. All right? Now, the word he focused on was the word Air, A-I-R. In Strong's Concordance, in the New Testament, in that passage, there are two definitions. Two different definitions. One is the atmosphere. You know, the planes and the birds and the clouds float through there, fly, and, and so forth uh, through the air. The other definition is connected to the Old Testament, Genesis, God breathed the breath of life into the nostrils of Adam. And it turns out that it is that second definition that is used for the word air in that New Testament passage. And that said to John that the rapture is not a literal, physical event. It is an internal, spiritual event. And the second coming. There's nowhere in the New Testament where it refers to the second to return. Yes, it does say return, but it doesn't say how many times. And as he continued to do his research throughout the entire Bible, what he found was it's possible for you and I as believers in God to have that experience, that second coming over and over and over again in our lives. And I found that so fascinating. Now, I'm not saying that I believe all of that 100%. All I'm saying is here was an individual who is a Bible-believing, fundamentalist, evangelical Christian who is saying there's something wrong with Christendom. There's something amiss because we're the church, televangelism, the radio broadcasts, etc., etc. They're going down the wrong road. And if the church was really here to help the people, the church would be not open to the saints, but open to the sinners. Mm. That's what mm. it's there for, right? Yes. yes. That's what he was, that was his, his premise for doing this research and doing this investigation. Well, well, Jesus said that he wasn't here for the healthy. No, he was he not was, here. He, he was yeah. here for the sick. That's yeah. right. That's right. 
And one final thing I'd love for you to talk about. Uh, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead after four days, right? Right. Paul said, though, it is appointed every man once to die and then the judgment. So was Lazarus really dead? Or was Paul... Or was Paul lying? Because you and I both know that there are people around us, people we know, who have had, who have been declared dead and come back to life. So the question then is, what is death? Yes, I've thought about that, too. (laughs) And again, I I thought about that, too. And I don't put forth these questions to undermine anybody's faith or undermine the Bible. It's it's a query of mine because much is lost in translation from the original yes. languages into English, and we've t- I've talked about this on programs before. But have you go ahead? Yeah, I, I I thought about this too, and so this is where I'm at right now because I I can always change. I could be wrong, but this is where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm, yeah, me too. Because <laughs> Jesus was prophesied to be raised from the dead. So if Lazarus was, then Lazarus was someone who should be, mm-hmm. who should have saved us from our sins. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought about that too. And, and I thought to myself, I don't think he was quote unquote dead. They, they, they probably did the, 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 the checks. Because another thing too was healthcare wasn't even a word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you mean there it was went... <laughs> no Affordable Care Act back then? Doggone. Man. And, 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 and I'm certain that I'm certain that the remedies and stuff was just wild back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but oh, yeah. but if anything, they probably did their checks and and said, oh, he's gone. He's he, he's dead. But I I'm with you on this one. I don't think he was, quote unquote dead he may have had a weak pulse you know his color was probably yeah Yeah. very weak his color was probably gone because what jesus was doing was he was healing sick people Mm -hmm. so he was so i think i think he was really sick yeah like really sick in a coma maybe (laughs) right right yeah it doesn't it doesn't say it doesn't it, say it doesn't. why. It just says, you know, quote unquote. And so maybe that word dead or death, uh, Lazarus was dead. Maybe that word was mistranslated. Mm, mm, I mean, mm. again, I'm just and, putting and, it and, out and, there. And, 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 and you're completely right. It could be mistranslated. You know, I just learned last week that the King James has over 6,000 incorrections. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and this was a scholar. And I was like, whoa, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. Like, like it blew my mind yeah. when he said that because growing up King James was, what well, was it? Yeah. So this, this could very well be a misinterpretation mm-hmm. when it came, went from one language to another. Easy. I, yeah. I have so many different versions of the Bible. I have uh, the book of, they call it the book of Yahweh because yeah. that's, you know, uh, I have a King James Version. That was the first one that was actually given to me by one of the, I'll even mention his name, Harley Howard was his name. And he and I used to have some very interesting and friendly conversations about a lot of these kinds of things. Uh, and I, I actually would say to people that, uh, you know what, if they want to brand a, f- a big H on my forehead for heretic, I will wear it proudly. Because uh, the answers that I got to my questions just didn't make any sense. Uh, and... Um, I was even told at one point, 
You know, Richard, uh, the Founding Fathers uh, asked these questions and answered them. And if you just read the, the writings of the Founding Fathers, uh, you know. And so the first thing I thought was, well, who the heck set them up as the arbiters of the faith? That was number mm. one. And then number two is, I never heard of none of these people, so that must put me in the same category as them. Because I'm asking the same questions independently of even the knowledge of them and their questions and answers. But again, I, I didn't put myself up on any pedestal. It was just, it was like, well, who do, you th who, do, who do they think they are anyway? That they have all the answers. That is why I encourage people to go within. Because that is where you will get answers, but not answers like what we're kind of putting forth questions here. Answers in terms of answers to questions about you as an individual, about your life, about guiding you through your day to day, not about somebody else. OK, uh, and that's that's just my my observation that we need to get to know self. I wasn't it Shakespeare who said uh, something along those lines. Maybe it was a philosopher as well who said, uh, um, to, not, to thy own self be true, and, or something along those lines, and to, to know thyself. Um, I can't remember the rest of the phrase. How important is it from your perspective and in, and in your experience to get to know Ashley? I mean, the real Ashley, not, not the masks that we put on from moment to moment, day to day, from person to person as we go through our day? Yeah, great question. I'm still learning about Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm 61 and I'm still learning about Richard, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm still learning. You know, it's interesting because it's like stages of life, you know? Um, what I thought when I was 10, I, I'm certainly not thinking the same thing now, mm -hmm. you know, um, as I'm thinking, as I'm in my thirties, I know I'm not going to think the same thing as I'm, I'm in my fifties. Um, but that's part of the journey. That's part of the growth. Yeah. Um, I am a very flawed individual. Um, are you really, stay. I mean, seriously, are you <laughs> really, no, I, I ask that very seriously. Are you really flawed or is that what you have been told? You just, you are who you are. And it's those, as you call them, flaws that make you part of what make you who you are. Yeah, that, you know what, you may, may make a fine point, but sometimes I sabotage myself. Sure. A but that's part of the learning process, isn't it? That's part of the learning process, right? It is part of the learning process. Yeah. 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 I mean, I have anxieties. I have issues. I mean, I have baggage. I have... I have just ugliness, you know, that's just like kind of mm -hmm. there. Yeah. But, you know, at the same token, too, it's like God created me. I mean, this comes back to God being a perfect individual who created imperfect beings. Mm. And what I find so beautiful is I am an imperfect person, but God who is perfect loves this imperfection. Mm. And, 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 and I think that's the most beautiful thing, um, whatever people are going through. And I have to remind myself, you know, in my times of, you know, trials and tribulations that I am still loved no matter what I do. Now, I do like what we talked about, the woman, you know, who was caught 
having sex, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesus told her, you know, I'm I'm giving you this freedom, but Mm -hmm. don't take it for granted. Yeah, As he said, go and sin no more. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I I will, I will uh, share with you one more final observation before we wrap up here and get your perspective on it. And this kind of goes along with the whole perfection thing we were talking about earlier. And then, of course, your comments about your imperfections. One of the things that I kept hearing during that 15-year period was that we were nothing more than lowly worms, you know. We were just the, the dregs of the earth, right? Be- as a sinner, okay? In other words, if you weren't saved, there, there you were. And that the sacrifice was made, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, for the purposes of saving us and, 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 and cleaning us up, you know? And baptism and blah, blah, blah. And I got to thinking about that. And I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. If God created us and we are his children, even before the sacrifice, long before, okay. And we are his children and he is going to sacrifice himself in the physical. That says to me that we are precious and priceless to the extent that he would even consider doing that. Which means that if it's even possible for this to happen, that following the acceptance of the sacrifice, we become even more priceless. You you see where I'm going? We we had to have been loved before for the sacrifice to even be made, and then we're loved even more if, it could, if it's even possible to be loved more after. And that's what I found so distressing about uh, um, the way in which, quote-unquote, sinners are viewed in that respect. Mm. Mm. But we all are sinners, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> We're all sinners because we all fall short in the glory of God. But you know, see, see, that's the church's way of trying to fear mongol people mm-hmm. and 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 into doing what 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 they want want to be done. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's so interesting because I always think about this. It's like throughout the Bible. Whoop, I've lost your audio. Oh, there you go. no, no. There you go. Go ahead. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, yeah I, was, I, was, I, was, I was taking I was taking dust off my keyboard and I actually <laughs> muted myself. So, about, so uh, throughout the throughout Bible. Throughout the Bible, throughout the Bible, God takes the most unqualified person. Mm-hmm. Okay. David was unqualified. Mm-hmm. You know, he was short. He was scrawny. Um, <laughs> he, he was the youngest. He, he didn't have the experience, mm-hmm. but yet he was one of the greatest kings. I mean, I mean, he was one of the greatest kings in order to, you know, put God's, you know, um, people together. I mean, who's another one? Moses was another one. I mean, mm-hmm. Moses had a stutter. He was a murderer. And yet God chose him to mm-hmm. lead you know, his people out of slavery. So with that said, I just find it so interesting that that churches still do this. 
because God never did it. Even Paul, Paul was, um, Paul was another murderer. He was with a whole group of people who wanted to kill people who were following Jesus. Mm -hmm. And yet he, and yet scholars believe he wrote more than half of the new Testament. Mm -hmm. Come on now why are we still putting people down about their sins and imperfections because god consistently always goes to the bottom of the barrel and 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 lifts them up in order for his purpose i know it's interesting half the new testament ladies and gentlemen was written by a former murderer okay (laughs) think about that and then consider whether or not you want to read the bible anymore because it was written by a former murderer I mean, look at what happens in our day and age when an athlete or someone prominent in the public eye has created some most incredible stuff and then gets caught in their own net. And it's like, oh, I don't know. No, he's not going to be the greatest musician. No, we can't put him in the Hall of Fame. We can't do that because of the, this one thing that they did near the end of their lives that completely negates everything that they have done that's been of a positive nature. And yet, there are people who absolutely revere Paul. Paul was a murderer. I don't care if he he got saved and had that Damascus uh, 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 event. He was a murderer. So we have to reject all of his books. We have to, based upon current, today's way of doing things. We have to do well, that. Well, well, we might as well put Mary Mag. We, we might as well put Mary in that conversation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mary wrote a book, but... She, they didn't include her. They didn't. And and they, they didn't include her writings in, That's right. in the 66 books. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we've got a contradiction here that 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 we have to come to grips with as individuals. Not gonna fix the problem here. Not gonna do that. Uh, even if we could, we wouldn't do it because that's not our job. <laughs> That's not our job, at least not on a collective level here. Our, our, our process here is to learn about each other, uh, learn about where we're coming from and where we're going to. Where are we going to next? What, what from your perspective, are you uh, glass half full? Are you optimistic about humanity's future? It depends on the day. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go, folks. I'm being honest. Okay. I'm being honest. You know, I mean, God, Scripture says the the the, the road that 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 we're going to go on. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 according to Scripture, things are supposedly supposed to get a little bit more worse. There, things are just going to get a little bit more harder. Mm-hmm. You you know, as 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 we go down that road, because Jesus left he had to leave because he told the disciples like guys if 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 i don't leave i'm not going to be able to (laughs) we're not going to be able to get to where we need to be exactly gotta go kids because i got right i got i got things to do (laughs) all right i got things to do i got things to build and uh you know we'll see you again but uh i gotta go 
Speaking I always thought he wanted to go back to his heavenly pillows and sheets. Hey. Because I'm sure it's so much better up there. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, yes. And I bet you it's not just a thousand uh, a thousand count uh, a sheet. Uh, right, uh, right, right, it's right. A million right. or something. Very, right, very soft. Right, right. right. But, but, but anyways, we... we how scripture is written where we're, we're going to be veering off quite a bit on off the path yeah. in order, in order for Jesus to, to, to come back and to call his children back mm-hmm. home, yeah. you know, and um, finish, finish the chapter. Yeah. But at, at this point, you know, I want to be that usher, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. bring usher people back and back with the Lord, have that relationship with the Lord and have a strong relationship with God. It's not about just believing in him. Mm-hmm. You, you just can't say, Oh my heart, I believe in him mm. because God also says, I don't know you. So it's not just about your heart being mm-hmm. in him mm-hmm. with him. It's about knowing who he is. Cause mm-hmm. he's going to say, I don't know you. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. So, so I'm a glass half full, glass half empty, but my, I, I just want to usher people back with the Lord, because as long as we get as many people with the Lord, I mean, heaven is supposed to be a beautiful place. So why not to. want to be there? Exactly. Ashley Rutledge has been my guest here on the program. Tell me your story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're talking about the uh, Black Sheep Christian uh, podcast at blacksheepchristian.org, and we hope that you'll go there. We'll be linked to your website as well, and we look forward to having you back on the program, but also being on your program in the not-too-distant future as well to uh, talk about uh, the things that you want to talk about, Ashley. And I thank you so much for giving us so much time here on the program. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this. I, I, I enjoy this conversation because this is where growth comes from. This is where growth in a relationship with God comes from to be able to fellowship. Well, as I shared with my eldest sister um, after she left the church uh, with her uh, now husband and she's been with him for several decades. Uh, I, I said this at Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving seems to be a theme with me, uh, but at Thanksgiving at my mother's house, uh, wrong place to do this, but I did it anyway. She's challenging me on my, my salvation. And I, I said to her, I said, well, see, what you don't understand is that my beliefs of yesterday are not my beliefs of today are not my beliefs of tomorrow because I'm still alive. I'm still experiencing. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. And so uh, as one of the ministers uh, at the radio station said to me as we were conversing about uh, Jesus and everything, I, uh, uh, I says, uh, they said, uh, you know, once you find Jesus, uh, your search is over because I've been on my search since I was 17. And I said, Actually, once I find Jesus, my search has just begun. And so I have been searching uh, since I was 17. Not even going to try to do the math right now, but I thank you again for joining us. I have three final questions for you that I want to ask you, that I ask all of my guests here on the program. I will do that in just a moment, but first I want to thank you for listening to Tell Me Your Story, as well as watching the uh, YouTube uh, channel, Tell Me Your Story. And uh, we certainly hope that you will listen to these programs Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., streaming live at those times, as well as the Wednesday special edition at 9 a.m. streamed on the 
website, richarddugan.com. And we are also uh, podcasting on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeart, and Amazon Music, and many other locations. And we also hope that if this program resonates with you, we hope that you will uh, support us financially through PayPal. Uh, you can go to PayPal and uh, send uh, through richard at richarddugan.com. And I thank you so much for doing that. And then also participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s. Uh, I thank you so much for taking the time to go within, to listen to the still small voice and find that quiet, peaceful, calm place where you can just re-energize, rejuvenate, relax, and just be calm for a little while because the outside world is anything but. All right, so now to our final three questions for our guest here on the program. Uh, first one is, who is Ashley Rutledge? Nice. Ashley Rutledge is the host of the Black Sheep Christian Podcast, <laughs> who is on a journey of learning about God in the most um, unorthodox way. <laughs> what is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? Yeah, I hope to achieve to be able to usher people and having a stronger relationship with the Lord and also myself. Um to, to, to be able to just have fun and, and learn about God. It, it doesn't need to be serious like the Catholic Church, you know? I mean, I, I don't think God intended for us to be all stewed and stiff. <laughs> you know, David David praised him naked mm -hmm. in the field. Yeah. So, hey, <laughs> hey, do what you need to do, folks. Okay? Right. <laughs> and finally, what is your life's purpose? Oh, wow. Woo, what is my life's purpose? That is a deep question. Um, I guess my life's purpose is to be able to use my gifts for the Lord. Um, and that is a journey in itself to learn what your gifts are mm. and how to use it, you know, to make, you know, the world a better place. Wonderful. Well, actually, again, I thank you so much. I look forward to getting together with you on your podcast soon. And again, I thank you for giving us so much time here on the program. Yeah, thank you. And I thank you for listening and watching. Tell me your story, New Paradigms for a New World. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to lol.